You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed on the Rates and Lanes podcast. This podcast focuses specifically on dealing with rate trends, lanes, getting direct customers, and we basically discuss those issues strictly related to rates and lanes. Um, so with that said, we got a few callers on the line, and tonight's show is strictly going to be based around caller interaction. So if you have any questions, any concerns, anything that we may be able to help you out with, assist you with, give you some more information on, please hit the number one and get on board so we can uh, get to your calls and screen you in and get you ready for to come on the air to ask your question. And we're going to start off tonight in our normal fashion. We normally address, uh, the especially with the uh, fruits and vegetables DAT uh, report, truck market report. We're going to focus primarily on that right now because we're coming to the, we're wrapping up the end of the produce season. So, we're going to talk about that real briefly, and then we're going to jump right over into the DAT trend lines for this week. And right now, the latest fruit and vegetable truck market report, we are showing several markets with a nice shortage going on. The San Joaquin Valley in California is showing a shortage. Uh, San Luis Valley, Colorado. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong line. Central and North Florida. Now, these reports right here um, – uh, as far as Florida is concerned, we got to be really careful when dealing with Florida right now about this time of the year. A lot of the produce and stuff has come out of Florida, and you got to be really careful about uh, – and, and that's another reason why we want to definitely get some more interaction from people that are actually got boots on the ground. We want to have real, real-time real reports from people that are actually doing this. Uh, I was down in Florida last week and barely came out of there with my shirt. Um it was a, I was under a really terrible load, but uh, we won't dwell on that. But right now, according to the, the fruit and vegetable market report, where we are showing that Central and North Florida is still a, a, a pretty good area. There's some potatoes and there's some melons and stuff coming out of the northern part of Florida, but Central and South Florida is getting to be pretty much uh, back to a dead zone again. Um, we actually have fruits. We have uh, on the on, for the first time in South Carolina has made its uh, debut onto the fruit and vegetable market report for melons and tomatoes. Uh, normally, the melons and tomatoes are coming out of the lower part of the South Carolina area, uh, down there like Bamberg, Charleston, the Low Country, down towards that way. Uh, it's it's pretty good market for those items. And Eastern North Carolina is still showing a shortage. Southern New Mexico is showing a shortage, and we're starting to getting over to, we're going to move over into a different category with slight shortages, and we're starting to see, see uh, slight shortages going on the Mexico crossing in Texas, which means that that's, that area is starting to peter down a little bit. It's still some pretty good demand when I was looking, uh, was looking at some reports earlier in the week. There's still some pretty good demand going on in those areas, but uh so so those areas that we talked about as far as the 
shortages and the slight shortages might be a pretty good area if you got a reef or a dry box that you can get vented, uh, a vented dry box. Might be a pretty good area to, to focus on and get some pretty good rates coming out of those areas. Uh, pretty much everything else as far as the uh, USDA truck market report is, has everything, all the other areas are showing an adequate truck availability and the San Luis Valley in Colorado is actually showing a surplus right now, so you probably don't want to be in an area showing a surplus because that's bad for, bad for you, good for the shippers. So that's wrapping up the uh, USDA truck market report. We're going to jump right over into the rates for the um, DAT trend lines report that came out today. And um, for the week of the 15th through the 21st, the spot market freight trends were mixed last week. Low low volume slipped, but national averages rates were at all-time highs. Van rates remain elevated in in the southeast. And Texas rates are rising amid uncertainty about West Coast support strike. Um, that's something right there that I might need to go do some more research on. I've been kind of out of the loop a little bit. I hadn't heard anything about a West Coast port strike. So uh, for the guys that go out to California or something like that, that should be something that also sends your antennas up and something that you might want to mix into your negotiating tactics when you're dealing with the rates. Um so we're going to jump into the different segments. Um, the U.S. dry van demand, the ratio slipped 5.7 from 5.7% to 4.0%. Load availability dipped 2.4% for vans last week, and capacity added 3.5, resulting in the 5.7 drop in the national load truck ratio from 4.2 to 4.0 loads per truck indicates a slight easing in the spot market, the spot freight market for vans. Now we're going to jump over into the rates for vans. And right now, national averages for line haul hits around $1.60. That's the line haul rate. Now you remember when you're talking about the average fuel surcharge is right around $0.48. Cents. So that pushes that um, 168 line haul average up to about 208 a mile when you add in the 48 cents uh, fuel surcharge. So for the Northeast, that that um, corridor is showing averaging a dollar 87. Moving down into the Mid Atlantic and the Southeast is showing a two dollar and 40 cent as far as that region. The Midwest is showing two dollars and 10 cents, and the Central uh, Central South showing about 208 and out west showing about 251 a mile all all of these with dry van rates looking at the US um the flatbed demand the ratio dip flatbed load availability dropped 3.9% last week and capacity increased 3.5% for a 7.2% decline in the load to truck ratio it dropped from 48.5 to 48.0 loads per truck, which is still outstanding. Uh, it's still showing a really, really high demand for flatbeds just about anywhere in the United States right now. The flatbed rates, as far as regions are concerned, we're going to start out in the uh, northeastern corridor at $3.61. Um, the the, the 
line haul rate is showing a uh, two dollars and forty four cents in that in, in that um in that market. But um the that national average right now in the northeast is three sixty one, I'm sorry. And then the southeast is showing two seventy four. Midwest is showing three twenty three. South central uh, United States is showing two point nine percent. I mean I'm sorry, two point two dollars ninety seven cents and two oh nine is out west. And we're going to jump over into the reefer demand, U.S. reefer demand for the week of 15th through the 21st. Load availability dipped another 1.1% uh, and truck load availability added 1.6 for reefers last week. This resulted in a load-to-truck ratio decline of a mere 2.5% from 11.1 to 10.8. So it's still showing uh, the map that I'm looking at right now, still showing pretty good availability, especially in the lower region of the United States, mostly southeast, central, and looks like Arizona is really starting to pick up. Now, as far as rates are concerned, in the uh, north northeast corridor, the rates in that area seem to be averaging out $2.27 per mile. Back down into the mid-Atlantic and southeast is $2.37 a mile. Midwest is showing $2.58 per mile. The central southern part of the United States is showing a $2.28 average per mile. And out west is showing $2.62 per mile. So those are the reports that I am showing right now. For those relative for those uh, relative markets, see we got a couple of callers on the line, and we're going to wait until I got my daughter helping me out tonight, ladies and gentlemen. She's going to be screening your phone calls for us. Um, so say hello to Miss Ayana for me. And as soon as we get some of these guys screened through and picked up, we'll get right to your calls. We want to know, like I said, we really want to know what are you guys seeing out there in the marketplace? How accurate do you guys feel like the DAT trends lines, how accurate is the USDA truck market report? I think that they, there is some very good information in these reports, and these, these reports are free. But I think that through our interaction with one another, we have a way to kind of tweak these reports as – the data is coming in on their end, and we can give back real-time feedback as to what we're seeing on our end. And another thing that we need to be doing while we're taking all these things into consideration is we need to be looking at um, we need to be looking at how what are we doing with the information that we are getting? How can we best use this? Uh, are, are we allowing ourselves to get beat up in the market, or do we need to be holding out for a little bit more money? Um, those are some of the things that we definitely need to be looking at and, and uh, tapping into. Um, let's see. I think I know who this fellow is. Let's see. Chad, hey, is that you? Yeah, yes, sir. All right. I, I, I almost forgot about you. I see you made it in, though. Yes, sir. I just just got docked. <laughs> Can't miss the podcast. Right. I love the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Chad, what what are you seeing out there this week? What what has been your uh, experience this week out here on the, in in the real place, the market? Well, I 
I started off late. I, um, well, I started Monday. I found a load that um, that was taking me to, to Texas, and, uh, and 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 I had to bounce like 200 miles to go get it, but uh, really ain't worth talking about because uh, my truck started having problems as I was on my way out there. But that load was coming out to 340 per loaded mile out of Portland, Tennessee, down near uh, pretty close to Houston, a Walmart load, and um, that was 340 a mile. Uh, like 280 something after you include the deadhead that I was going to have to do, but like I said, I got about 60 miles into it and had to turn around and come back. Uh, the load I'm getting ready to post right now is um, uh, Kentucky. I, I've you know, so I, had to, I got my truck fixed, and that only cost like three, 380, 380 dollars to fix it. But um, it's running fine, and uh, so I got the truck back and I started looking there toward the end of the day today, and uh, found a load. I had several people calling me. Kentucky's got like a 1.25%, meaning uh, there's a, just a little bit more freight than there are. Uh, than there are there's a more freight going out than there is uh, coming in right now for uh, Kentucky. And uh, so I posted the truck and uh, came across this load here. It's going up near Indianapolis, picking up in Danville, like 50 miles from my house. It came to load it to six. It's uh, paying 1585. And uh, loaded, it was 267 loaded miles, and, uh, and that comes out to like 593. No, as you were, 232 loaded miles, 683 per mile, and uh, deadhead, including the loaded miles, comes out to 593. And uh, I played a little trick with uh, with this one. I'm, I knew I know Indiana's not doing that well. Uh, you know, they're around Indianapolis. And I was like, well, you know, they, they, this guy wants a quote. And uh, I did like George Heck always says, uh, he always quotes round trip rates. Uh, the worst case scenario is that it's a, if it turns out to be a round, where I have to go all the way back to Kentucky to get something good out of Indiana, then the round trip rate on that would be uh, 342. And uh, so that uh, came out to, that's what, I, that's what I'm doing right now. So uh, it's looking good. Uh, Georgia right now, it's, it's past uh, three loads per every truck that's in Georgia. And uh, so that that's got to be the number one state uh, of all of them, uh, of all the states. Uh, the biggest ratio, the biggest demand for trucks right now is Georgia. You could be, I was going to say you could be in Tennessee, but Tennessee's got like two to two to one. Um, but anyway, that's that's what I'm seeing. There's there, I'm seeing there's some high demand areas, and uh, and that whenever you see the that those type of areas, and you can get into those areas, you can really negotiate some good good uh, loads. And and just want to preference that that is drive that is drive in that is what you were talking about. Yes, sir. And I see we got quite yes, a, we got a, quite a few callers, quite a, a good bit of participation on the line. Uh, callers, uh, this format of the show tonight is a little bit different than what it normally is. We'll press one if you had a question about anything about rates and lanes. We're going to get to you and try to get you in tonight. Um, we're not going to be talking about you know we're not Kevin Rutherford. We don't do Kevin Rutherford. Kevin Rutherford is kind of, of an anomaly. He does his thing really well as far as being able to diagnose problems with trucks and all that stuff over the telephone. I'm not that good. Racing lanes is kind of more, more where, I, where 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 I fit in. Me and Chad fit in, and and we're here to help you out and assist you. So I got my co-host online with me now, uh, Chad Bobbitt from Rate for Mile Masters. And Chad, we got a question coming in from Quincy White. I know this fellow. Me and this fellow went to school together. So we're going to go to Greenville, South Carolina, and pick up Quincy. How can I help you tonight, buddy? I don't understand why the rates are so funky on your way coming back home. 
Well, Quincy, that's, that's uh, yeah, we're here, we're here. I think that you are running into the age-old problem of dealing with brokers that are looking at your, uh, looking at your MC number, knowing where you are based out of, and therefore knowing that that's where you want to go back to because they kind of every broker kind of keeps a, a record on what it is that you like to do. And that's kind of me and Chad were having a discussion uh, before about our different tactics in, in which we negotiate. Chad is a lot more aggressive on his race because he has authority for all 24, uh, well, I'm sorry, all 48 states, and he really doesn't care where he goes. He, he's holding out, and, and he really wants to go to another good market, but he's going to hold out for the very best rate. And Chad pulls a drop box, and that's how he's able to get reefer rates with a drop box because, He's beating these guys up on as far as knowing the the capacity constraints of the market that he's in. So once you're in a market that has a really tight demand, then it may not be a low going directly to where you want to go to. However, if you're willing to kind of be flexible on where you want to go to, then they are, they are more apt to negotiate. They're going to have to come off that money. But if you're going to a very desirable area, which – Greenville, South Carolina is pretty desirable because it's an easy place to get in and to, into and out of, and um, they know that you want it. If, they, if the broker kind of feels like you want to go back there, he may be less apt to open up his checkbook a little bit more. Uh, Chad, you got anything you want to add to that? Yes, I, uh, I keep a spreadsheet of, uh, of every load I've done from day one of having my authority. And uh, some, not, some, and I use Excel. It's pretty simple. It's something I learned when computers first came, when, when internet first came out. Uh, but uh, and and on this Excel spreadsheet, I can put I can put in there. Show me all the loads going to Kentucky, and that's where I live at. And uh, and I've done this with several different states. Well, those loads that take me back to the house is the lowest paying loads that I do. And and and, and for reason, the reason why that is. Is because those are my backhaul. Those are backhaul loads for me. That's I'm getting back. Most of the time I'm getting backhaul rates. And when I want to go home, uh, the way I look at it is, uh, uh, time's up. You know, I'm done. I'm I'm ready to get to the house. And I made good money throughout the last two weeks or the week, however I was out. And uh, I'm pretty much stomached the idea that I'm gonna have to run for you know a dollar eighty or two dollars a mile, whatever it comes out to, and uh, to go back to the house. And uh, but. Uh, Anytime you anytime you take away from uh, uh, going from point going from point A to point B, like if you take away, like I like to say, I'll I'll haul anything and I'll go anywhere. But anytime I take away from that and I say, hey, I'm not going to do anything over forty five thousand or over forty four thousand pounds. I'm going or I'm you know I'm going to only do thirty thousand pounds. And if I start doing stuff like that, or I want to go from point A to point B because I like Vegas and I'm going to look for loads and post myself to go from point this place to this place. I took away from call, uh, call anything, go anywhere. And uh, when you do that, it, um, you're going to miss out on the loads that's got the high demand on it. That's all I have to add about it, Rico. Uh, one more thing, uh, Quincy, about about that too. The best way for you to circumvent the the, the problem that you're having as far as uh, getting a good good rate going back, you, I feel like. And, and knowing from from talking with you, I feel like what you need to focus on is beginning to negotiate and and solicit for direct customers. Um, I know that's a lot easier said than done, 
But I think what, you, what your primary focus is, you're going to have to sit down and really try to uh, figure out what area of the country do you want to go to. And before you start marketing in your hometown of Greenville, South Carolina, market on the other end of your dumbbell. Start marketing. Get you, get you some uh, marketing material as far as postcards or something like that is concerned. And email and uh, mail those out to everybody in that area on the other end of your dumbbell. So we'll take scenario. We'll just say you want to go from Greenville to Birmingham, Alabama. Well, you want to locate all of the businesses that may ship on a on a uh, drive van that has load going loads going back to Greenville, South Carolina. And you want to market your rate. Go ahead and put your rate on there. Go ahead and put what it is that you want to make. You know, you want to. Of course, you want to be effective in, in, in pricing your rate reasonably, so that you can get a good rate. Of, you know, uh, make sure that you get phone calls. But if you market your rate properly, uh, your rate is going to probably be cheaper than what the broker rate is quoting them anyway. Uh, so mark, go ahead and market your rate going back to Greenville, South Carolina. Strictly going back to Greenville, South Carolina, and really begin to push, push, push on that. And get see if you what you can do to get your phone to ring. Start doing that to see what you can do to make people call you versus you calling people. And once you start, once once your phone starts to ring from from people that are seeking your services that are going back to Greenville, South Carolina, then that's going to be able. Then that'll set you apart, and that'll also help as far as increasing your rates on your backhaul. Um, is, is there anything else you want to add? Ask on that, or you got any other questions on that? No, I just, no, not not really. Y'all pretty much covered the basis, which I really already knew. Is just you know, I just think some of the brokers take advantage of the situation because they're getting paid. You know, they're getting paid when we leave out. They're getting paid when we go and cross and up and down all over the country. You know, I just don't understand. You know why why they try to take it. I just did, don't understand why they try to take a gap out gap, gap out of our money. I mean, we are the ones that's out there doing the work, putting in the hours, turning over the miles, and I just, I just think they shouldn't. I, I be honest with you, I really don't think that they should know any of our information is in where we're from, because to keep them from doing that to us, as in, um, as in, like knowing where our home state is and all uh, that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? To keep them from being able to. Uh, you know, give us a low low ball rate going home or going anywhere really, or going anywhere close to close to your your home, a hundred miles or hundred and fifty miles away from to close to your home. I, I I understand where you come. I understand your sentiment, but also we have to think about it from the aspect of the broker. The broker did the hard work. And going out and getting that customer, and where we gotta, what, what we gotta do is, we have the same capacity to do what that broker did. We have to, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of times that we get, we get a little bit uh, complacent, and we just rely too much solely on broker to be able to provide us with the, uh, you know, provide us with, the, you know, cut out the, the, all the hard work on our end and, and just make it easy for us at the end of the day. And and that's okay. why. Brokering, brokering is not really. Uh, a lot of people think that the guys are just sitting around at home in their underwear, just on the telephone doing these. I mean, brokering is, is really a difficult job, 
and and these guys do earn their money, but when they it, 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 at the end of the day, it's all negotiating, and who, he who has the most information always wins. Another t- tactic that you might want to try, uh, Quincy, and I, I know you've been dealing with C.H. Robinson on some stuff, cause, you know, from our previous conversations. Go yeah. to C.H. Robinson's, Robinson's website. Um, they have a neat little system. With, well, C.H. Robinson, you know, anybody, any agent can book any load on, on C.H. Robinson's thing. You don't have to necessarily deal with that particular uh, agent yeah. that has that load. And that's the one good thing, one of the really good models on C.H. Robinson's thing. Now, go into um, C.H. Robinson's website and locate the agent in your area. And one day, see if you can't call that agent up or whatever and say, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm a local carry in area. Why don't we meet up for lunch and start beginning building a relationship with that agent, with that one particular agent. And whenever you got a C.H. Robinson load, instead of you dealing with a C.H. Robinson, you can deal specifically with the person that you've already kind of established a relationship with. And once you once you start doing that, and the only person that you deal with, whenever you deal with a C.H. Robinson load, is that particular agent, that might, that you know what I'm saying, and investing in that relationship might also help you uh, get better rate. You know what I'm saying? As long as you, you know, just kind of develop that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Play the game. Do the dance. And do whatever it takes, you know what I'm saying, to, to kind of uh, find somebody that you can kind of identify with and they can identify with you. And I think that might help you as well. Well, I appreciate Robinson, you guys. Go ahead. Yeah, you can go, you can go on C.S. Robinson's website, and they, they have links on there to all of their uh, locations throughout the United States, and they have the phone numbers and everything on there. So you can call up and just uh, speak to somebody and, and find out who it is and start, you know, trying to develop and build that rapport with somebody in that local office and, and and vice versa for anything like on your, on your dumbbell you know it might be it might be another part of the country that you go to you know look up that look up that uh agency right there in that local area and try to you know develop that relationship on both ends that's true you know, that's you know, true just try to give a different way a different perspective of looking at it well i appreciate you guys input very informative and uh Look forward to hearing the rest of the show. All right, Q, we thank you for the phone call. All right, let's see. We got Bruce. Bruce calling in from Aiken, South Carolina. How y'all doing, Mr. Bruce? Oh, we're doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. This uh, house doing a little relaxing, taking a little home time out before vacation. And um, ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. My question is, I'm, I'm currently leased to. Um, to a company right now, get ready. I'm in. Oh, I'm, I'm in the finishing stages of getting my authority started. My operation is I pull a step deck, and um, I pretty much travel all over, um, going into uh, the provinces of, and, and Canada and all that good stuff. But I'm in the process of, like I say, the finishing stages of branching out of my own authority. I'm very excited about doing that. And what I've been doing within the last maybe six months, the year, last last six months, I've been doing. Yeah, a, a broker list for the agents who I deal with now. Um, when they put me in contact, I'm, like I said, book a load through the agents, and um, and then they give me the rate confirmation sheet. All the they also give me that broker's info. Info. So what I've been doing is making myself a list of who's the broker, um, what that customer is, what that commodity I'm pulling out for that customer. And 
And I'm thinking, you know, once I make this transition, if I'm dealing with that broker, I can just make make establish a relationship with that broker directly and cut out that middleman or that agent and go to that broker directly. And I've been making some good contacts, and and I've been getting good feedback on that. They tell me, yeah, that's not a problem. Just give us a call, and we'll set me up with a package and all that good stuff, and when I'm ready to get rock and rolling. But my question is, besides those brokers there, because I know I know it's all about the brokers that is willing to credit rating, that's willing to pay their bills, and I know there's a lot of brokers out there that is not on the up and up. So um, my question is, with all the different low boards out there, like uh, Trucker's Edge, uh, 123, uh, Transcore and all that, do all – my question is, do all those loads pretty much – all these loads boards pretty much the same? How do you pick the, the, the best load board if you want to kind of, you know, kind of uh, look at a load board and get some loads off a load board? Which one, the best one, or pretty much all of them post on all these load boards, all these loads on the same load board? You understand what I'm trying to say? Is it one better than the other? Are you are you a group member of the uh, Rate Per Mile on uh, on the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook page? I am. I just um, is this Mr. Rico? This is Rico. Yeah, I think um, I I think we was corresponding maybe a couple of days ago, and I think I signed up, and I think the gentleman named Chad, he um he um Chad's on, guess, Chad, Chad's on the line too. Say hi, say hi, Chad. Hey there. Uh, he's he's uh, he's asking a pretty good question. Yeah, so he got a lot there. I wanna I wanna unpack it here in just a second. So I think I am because I think Chad responded back to me and said I was accepted to be in a rate from our I joined the group. Right. Well, there's a link. The reason I asked that there's a link that uh that that we have. Uh, Chad uh-huh. has been posting that link. Chad, Chad, I, I don't know if you want uh, if you had a chance. Maybe might be a good time to repost that link inside of the rate from our masters page. Right now, uh, we're developing a relationship with DAT, and uh, so we're a little bit impartial. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna tell you, we're gonna try to give you the straight dope as far as the low boards are concerned. We'll, we we okay. we are a little biased. I, I'll, I'll just give full disclosure on that. But um, for my money, and, and before we even start developing a relationship with DAT, uh, I was using uh, Transcore's system. From the very beginning, anyway. Now I've used um, I have used Internet Truck Stop. Internet Truck Stop is okay. I didn't like the look and feel of Internet Truck Stop, so I went back to um, I went back to Transcore 360, which is DAT. That they they kind of trying to get their marketing together, and now they're just trying to go under one name, which is DAT, I believe. Uh, okay. But DAT actually owns. Um, um, GetLoaded.com, they actually own all those other, you know, Truckers Edge and all that stuff. All that falls on the DAT, they own. Our DAT is the biggest load board there is. Whenever you go into truck stops and you see the load boards and stuff, that's DAT. They are the, they are the biggest ones in the game. They have, to me, uh, the best information that is available out there. There are different tier levels of service that DAT offers. Uh, but through the link that we have from DAT right now, you can get 30 days free. Is that right, Chad? Yes, sir. You, so if you use the link that we have, you can get 30 days free. Once you get your authority up and running, you can get 30 days free, and uh, and and that that so they can get you set up with that. 
Now, okay. back to your other part about I want to make sure that you understand um, you were talking about that you were getting ready to get your own authority and that you were making a list of the brokers and trying to cut out the middleman. Well, the middleman is that broker, just so so just so that you know. So right, right. What you, what, you, what, what I would advise you doing, well, what I would do is I would be making a list of where I'm picking up from the contacts at the places where I'm picking up from, and I would be trying to talk to those people directly. I wouldn't even try to talk to the broker. I'd be trying to talk to those people directly. Um, I get what you're saying. Their direct because that direct right, you, you, you go direct ship. Now, the, now the only thing that you you, you got to be prepared for when you get ready to go out and get your own authority. A lot of times, you know, um, you got to be prepared monetarily to be able to uh, withstand thirty days on getting your getting your money. Sometimes it may you may be able to negotiate and, and get that cut down, but worst case scenario, you need to be prepared to be able to float. 30 days out before you start seeing a paycheck after you pull a load. That That's one of the conundrums that you run into when you get your own authority and when you're dealing right. with direct uh, direct customers. You're going to have to wait a little while to get your money. Uh, sometimes some brokers, unless you got a factoring company or something like that, that may be able to ex- expedite, uh, you know, being able to, to cash in your receivables. But you just want to make sure that you understand that that, that that broker that you were speaking about as far as cutting out the middleman, actually you're going directly to the middleman. The only way you're going well, to cut me, that middleman out is going directly to that to that to that shipper. Well let me let me let me let me, let me, let me clarify a little bit. Okay, like right now I'm currently leased to Landstar. And okay. what I said cut out the middleman is I may look on my DCO board and call, you know, the Landstar agent up um for his agent code. And then there's been a lot of times, you know, that agent, once you call that agent up, he was like, hey, let me call and check the availability of that load get back with you. Well, in the process of doing that, I know that agent, based on that agent, sometimes that I dealt with another broker because I've right. had they, I they had cold, agent. They're they, they doing a cold brokering. Right. So um, that's why I'm saying cut out the middleman as far as going, not, not cutting out the original broker. I know that broker. The original broker got that customer, got the shipper. But I guess basically what I'm trying to say, I cut out, eliminate the Landstar agent and go directly to the broker because I know when that Landstar agent involved, they're going to get that cut and Landstar going to get that cut. So I'm making a list of that, who that agent contacts to get that load through. So I know, so I know I'm not cutting out the original broker. But I'm, I'm I, see what, I, I, I see what you're saying. You got you got you got about three or four different hands pulling at your pocket. I see what you're right. saying. Um, right. And, and but, but but once but once again, once again, what I'm what I'm saying is is especially right now. I can't stress this part enough. Uh-huh. Shippers shippers are looking for carriers. Um. They 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 dealing with brokers because the brokers are coming in and telling them that they can provide capacity. But most right. shippers, and you say and you say you're on a step deck, right? Right. But so when you riding, say if you're in your personal vehicle and you riding in an industrial park, when you riding through an industrial park, you can tell who's shipping on a step deck, can't you? So so those those customers are, are I mean the. The, the flatbed and the step deck freight is some of the most obvious freight that there is out there. 
So you can go, you know, while you're riding by something like that, those are places that you might need to be stopping in and giving your business card to and talking to directly. Uh, brokers are a valuable resource to motor carriers. I don't, I don't want to. I'm not trying to bash brokers. I'm not trying to give brokers down the country because I also broker some freight as well. But you have a tremendous opportunity right now with the capacity being what it is to go in and, di- and speak directly to the customer. We have to, like I was, we were talking a little bit earlier. We have to, if we want to see premium returns on on our efforts and on our work. We gotta go in and market ourselves. We gotta go in and educate our customers. You know, at the end of the day, our customers, whoever it is, is cutting us a paycheck. That's your customer. But it's right. better for you in the long run to go directly and deal directly with the shipper versus having anyone else in between you and 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 your money. And that's all. And that's what a broker is. I mean, a broker is going to get paid a commission. So, so I, you know, I'm just really imploring a lot of us to be proactive and going and, and going out there and trying to establish directly with a, a shipper versus going the traditional route and being lazy and, and just saying, well, I'm, I'm just going to call this broker and, and, and get this load. Um, right. Sometimes it's just a little, it's a little too easy, and, and we gotta we gotta come out of our comfort zone and and be more aggressive and and go direct and deal with people. Uh, you know, going and introduce ourselves and tell them what we have to offer, and 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 so therefore we can get paid what we want to get paid. Um, Chad, you got something you want to add to that? Uh, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm as soon as I find my internet cube, I'll uh, post that link. I'm out in my truck right now, but uh, I'll post that link that uh, Rico was talking about as far as getting on the Trucker's Edge. Trucker's Edge is the lowest form of DAT, the lowest uh, as much as like 30, you could start a plan off at 34.95, I believe. And uh, the first 30 days is free. And you could also pay, I think it goes up to like 49, I believe, 49.95. And you can also get their their rate index. And yes, they are the largest load board. And uh, with that, I'd like to remind anyone else that's listening to this, is if you sign up under that promo code, it's important to use the promo code uh, to get uh, maybe to get the 30 days free. I've heard of people being able to call them up and negotiate the 30 days free. Uh, but also what you get with that promo code by using it is by uh, is that I'm I'm going to get a list of those people that the companies that use that that use uh-huh. that promo code and I'm going to contact each and every one of those and uh, and spend some time with them and trying to help them get 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 to their first load on booking their first load. Um, now the uh, which is the best load board? There's another site called PostEverywhere.net, I believe, and uh, I've used it and they'll give you they'll give you give you 30 days free or two weeks free or something like that. And I've used that, and I I used it for like two or three days. I wanted to test it out to see if it really worked. And my whole thing is, is I want to generate phone calls. Which load board is going to generate phone calls? And, the, and this Post Everywhere website that I'm telling, telling you about, I used it. I posted my truck and uh, and received no phone calls. And what it does, it posts like to all these other load boards that you can post for free to. And uh, and you pay them a certain amount of money, and it's one and uh, one place you post one place, and they'll post all these other load boards. I did that uh, out of Kentucky, and I got I received no phone calls. I did it out of uh, places that were good, like Tennessee at the time. It was it was showing some really good numbers. Posted my truck there, received zero phone calls, uh, and then took took that down, and like a few hours later, posted on DAT. 
phone starts ringing like always. And so, and and internet truck stops not bad, and they got some uh, some useful tools that you can use. As far as anything else other than those two, I I don't waste my time with. I don't even. I really don't even use internet truck stop that much, but I like it's got a program on there that'll tell you on your route where's the cheapest place to get fuel if you pay a little bit more with them. I like it, and there's a few other things I like, but uh, as far as generating phone calls, uh, DAT Truckers Edge that that's um, that's what's going to do it for you. Okay, okay, well, good deal then. I've been I've been um, I've been checking out something doing monitoring. Are y'all familiar with this thing called LinkedIn? Has, um, yes, sir. We've been talking a lot about LinkedIn as well. That's another good source to get uh, to t- try and reach directly to customers. Right. I um, but Now, I think I, I'm going to do a subscription to that to actually um, to do more. No, LinkedIn, they, 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 they have, yeah, they have several different ones. Um, I'm not, I haven't never paid for LinkedIn. I'm, I'm just using the free, uh, the free service. Uh, right. I know that there's there some different features to to the free one. I'm not 100% um, sure if it's worth paying for. I think that if once you start to begin to network and you join some of the groups on right. uh, on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn also has groups just like Facebook has groups, LinkedIn has groups. And those groups can be valuable resources, and you have industry experts and leaders that are within those groups. And if you start, and it's just like anything else with building relationships, the more you interact with people, the more you can kind of contribute or reply to something that they may post or whatever, and you have a little bit of give and take, the more familiar that they become with you and and that you become with them. And then, you know, it it kind of spawns a natural progression, and therefore you can start to begin, you know, after after you've had a few interactions or whatever, you can then you can kind of send them uh, – you know, an uh, uh, offer to connect, and it kind of just snowballs from there. And, and I'm kind—it's kind of like the old school way of of uh, developing the, rela- the relationships and everything. So I think that that's that the way to, to my opinion. Um, okay. You know, someone else may come on and, and may have more experience with using the paid for service. I just um, there are so many things that are out here that are, we spend money on. Building relationships is something that I, I never really had to pay for. It's just something that, that just kind of came naturally to me, um, and and that's something that you know, use it, use your you know using your own charisma and, and, and different techniques to to meet with people, to interact with people. I think that may be the better better route to go. That's that's my opinion as far versus paying on something. Okay, I have one other question. Now, how often? Like I said I'm new to I'm, this. Is my first time calling in and. The podcast. How often do y'all do your podcast? And uh, days I know to look forward to it. Okay, well we do the podcast every Wednesday night, Bruce. Every Wednesday night at seven p.m. Uh, we normally tonight is kind of a free flow. We're kind of just letting the callers kind of rule the show tonight. And uh, but some most of the times we're trying to organize it the way we have guests. Uh, we have an owner and a CEO of a major uh, Canadian trucking company that is uh, one of our monthly guests. Uh, we have other contributors. We uh, working on we're working on having a transportation attorney that's going to be joining us monthly as well. And uh, but but we have so you know we got a couple of different resources that we're trying to tap into and bring uh, bring available for everybody that's calling in and participating on the podcast. And, and a lot of people 
uh, with the podcast format, you know, we, it's a live call-in format like it is tonight, but also after the show's over with, we'll send out links where you can download the podcast and re-listen to previous episodes. So it's it's always there. It's it, it's always there. So you can go back and listen listen to all the previous episodes. Uh, last week we had on uh, actually we had on uh, Chuck Snow, the CEO of Traffic, that that the Canadian trucking company and brokerage company that I was talking about earlier. The week before uh-huh. that we had we had on Dale Howard, who was a former CVSA. Um, He's a former CVSA uh, officer in, in the Canadian province, but and we were talking about CSA scores, and we were and kind of relating that to how that affects your rates and so on and so forth. And just uh, you know, we try to deliver as much information as we possibly can back to the group. Um, so, so, so does that answer your question? Does it get, get you where you need to be? It will. And I always use this phone number that I called in on. That will be the primary yes. number. Yes, sir. That's, that's the number to call in for the podcast, and and we'll All also right. post. Like I said, if you're on Facebook and everything, you're in the groups. We'll post links to tonight's show, and you can just follow that link back if you um, if you got an iPhone or if you got an Android. Uh, if iPhone, of course, you go to the uh, iTunes store and and look for podcasts and, and look for Kevin Rutherford, and that should bring up the Audio Road podcast, and you can go back and download previous episodes. If you have an Android phone, you can go to uh, the one that I like on the Android-based system is uh, Podcast Addicts. Uh, Podcast Addicts. You you can go and download Podcast Addicts, and you can find all of the uh, podcasts are also available on there that are automatically download uh, for you on the Android-based based system as well. Now, when I did that, uh, it brought up a lot from I think old episode of Kevin Rutherford. See, 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 does it? Is, is is that the one, or is it a different? Yes, sir. That's that, that's the one you want to look for because we're we we are operating under Kevin Rutherford's account. Uh, this okay. Is, this is Ke- this is Kevin Rutherford. Like when you hear the when you heard the the intro, I don't know if you heard the intro at the beginning of the show, but this this is Kevin Rutherford's platform. He's allowing us to use his platform to deliver uh, this information back to the to his audience, and we're okay. also going, uh, you know, trying to help grow it. So. That's that's why if you're looking for my name, it probably won't pop up. But look for Kevin Rutherford, the Audio Row, and all those different podcasts that pop up. Uh, we've been doing the, these uh, racing lane podcasts now for about um, two and a half, three months. Is that right, Chad? Someone in that ballpark? Uh, I think we may have lost Chad. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I had, I had my I had my phone on mute. I didn't want me run uh, looking for this internet cube to make racket sounds. Like, yeah, it's been. Well, the group's been going on right at four months, and uh, like a month after that. So, yeah, we're right at three months. Okay, good deal, then. Well, that's all I had. I guess I sit back and listen to the show. Thank you, gentlemen, for your hey, yeah. All right, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, yeah. Sorry, Bruce. If you, sorry, I want I want to let, let him know that if you if when if you do use that link and you go through uh, Trucker's Edge, also send me. My name's Chad Bobby. You know who I am. Uh, send me a message, a private message, letting me know that that you did, it makes it a little easier for me to locate your company whenever I pull the list uh, from uh, DAT, if you don't mind. And that goes for everyone, please. All right. We got another caller calling in from South Carolina. We're going to go to South Carolina and get John. Uh, let's hey. see if we can get John up. Hey, John, how are you? I'm good, Rico. How are you tonight? I'm well. How can we help? Uh, well, first, I want to say thanks to you and Chad. I'm sure this is a lot of extra work on your part, and I know we all appreciate it. Um, 
I listened earlier to you talking about, uh, you know, mailing out um, your rates to customers to try and get direct or to shippers to try and get direct customers. Now, what are some of the things that you would consider when you're putting your rate together? Obviously, you have, like, detention time and, um, you know, you want to consider, a, a, or I guess the question is, do you want to consider a fuel surcharge in there? Do you just want to give the the, the customer uh, like a, a flat rate for something like that? And I guess another thing would be if you do give them a flat rate, if fuel starts rising, is there a way to compensate for that? Because you might send your rate out based on maybe 385 to 395 a gallon, and then all of a sudden fuel shoots up to 425. How do you compensate for something like that? Well, John, that's a great question. I think that um, the best way to, to tackle that situation is when you're sending out, you, you want to deal with the, the thing that the a person is most familiar with. You don't want to uh, kind of come with a new pricing structure. They may not be familiar with it, and, they, and, they, and whatever a person is not too familiar with, they may balk at it or whatever. So until you kind of get a chance to establish a relationship, if you want to change your pricing structure, then by all means go ahead and do what works for you as long, you know, once you get your customer on board. I think the best uh, format, in my opinion, is to go ahead and, and stick with the format that they are most familiar with, which is give them uh, give them a flat line haul rate plus your fuel surcharge. Now, your fuel surcharge is going to be uh, dictated. You know, you want to put that uh, tie that to the Department of Energy when that when that report comes out every week. You know that so therefore it it covers you down as far as your fuel surcharge is concerned. Um, do you do you know where to go to get that information? Well, I, the the website, the DOE website, is that correct? Right. Okay, and I right. guess depending so, on where you want to run, just look at the certain area of the country, depending on the lane you're looking at. Right, and and, and the best way to pro- kind of price is to keep yourself in the market, and this is the thing that um, brokers do. Uh, if, if you if you've ever negotiated your own loads and stuff, I'm pretty sure you you've gotten a phone call from a broker. And they've asked you, you know, uh, what would it take for you to do this load? You know, I'm, I'm quoting a lane or something like this. And what they and what that's called is surveying the carriers. And what they're trying to do is they're going to survey about five motor carriers in that particular area. And once they sur- survey those motor carriers, they're going to, they, they've got five uh, different prices. They're going to average them out, and then they're going to tack on their commission. And that's what they take back and present to their customer. That's how they. Um, do their price structures on new lanes that they're really not familiar with. Um, okay. So it, it, as a carrier or someone that, that's looking to uh, build a lane, that's the, that's the best formula to use is to, is to survey the competition that is in that area. What, what, are the, what are the motor carriers that are in that area pricing to move freight from that area back to whatever area that you're trying to, that, that you want to go to? And then you can just make a really simple postcard. You can put your line haul, you can put, say, a, in the corner of the postcard with a picture of you standing in front of your nice, shiny truck, leaning up against your truck on your postcard. And up in, the, in, in one of the corners, you can have etched out uh, $1.60 per mile plus F, F, uh, F, FSC, uh, FSC NSS, and, and accessorials. So you want to say you want to put those – you know, put your small print up there. Everybody's familiar with small print. 
But, but once you, what you want to do is an attempt to try to get your phone to ring. So if you put a really competitive, really good rate up there that they're, that they're not getting from uh, the brokers or, or carriers in that in that particular marketplace, you want to get your phone to ring. And once you get the phone ring, and and you and you uh, do the dance with a customer and you you win some you win some uh, you win your couple of customers, then that opens up the door for you to go in and then you know start talking about. Uh, all the other avenues and, and other value-added services that you can start adding to to provide to that particular customer or whatever, you know. But you, first things first, you want to get your foot in the door and, and be able to uh, secure that business. Right, and and that's – I appreciate all that feedback. Now, I'm just uh, one truck, one trailer. I have my own authority, and, you know, like Chad was saying, I'll haul anything, go anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm a little reluctant at this point to start doing it because I am just one truck and I don't want to get in a situation where maybe I have a customer and everything is good for, you know, a couple of months and then I have a a breakdown or uh, an accident, which has already happened to me and I was at a commission for seven weeks. Um, Mm. How would you deal with something like that where, you know, you're making this commitment and you want to put your best foot forward and make a good name for yourself, but now something happens and you can't hold up your end of the bargain? Well, John, that's where uh, having relationships come in at as well. Um, If you don't have brokering authority yourself, you know, that may be something that you may want to look at down the road. Whereas if it's your customer and if you can't service them right then, then it, why give up your entrepreneurship and give up that business and, and allow someone else to come in and be able to move, you know, do your uh, service, your customer. So if you had a broken authority or, or were even an agent for a broker, then that would give you the availability of any truck in the marketplace to go out and secure to, to be able to service your customer. Now, yeah. The flip side to that point, in the meantime, in the in between time, if you're not quite at that up at that level right now, well, what if you had a broker that you really had a pretty good relationship with, and y'all drew up some type of an agreement or or, or something? Make sure you get something in writing that says that okay, I'm not able to service my customer, but you know this is my customer, but I will allow you if you're not, you know, what I'm saying you you know you you gotta kind of make sure that you uh, have a really good understanding with this broker when you open this door up because it could be kind of a Pandora's box and they could just try to steal it right off from a fundy. But, you know, maybe if you give a dog a bone and, you know, and, and really how how would that deepen your relationship with that particular broker? Hey, man, this guy's bringing me business, an opportunity for business. And, and as a matter of fact, Hey, Mr. Broker, uh, I'm only servicing my customer on this particular lane. Now, that may be an opportunity for you to go in there and any of the other lanes that I'm not servicing is 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 free game, right? And that, so, so imagine that's a yeah. So, so imagine that, you know, think just, just just trying to back engineer, you know, and, and deepening the relationship with someone in particular, you know. Uh, you know, if, if you got someone that's, that's really been fair and equitable with you on a on a broker relationship side, I mean, that I think you know, I think that that would you know would really uh they would look at you in a, in a totally different light. That's my opinion. Right, and and that's a great idea, and I had never, I hadn't thought about that, nor had I thought about. I, I want to eventually get my brokering authority. 
but I hadn't thought about just becoming an agent for somebody and maybe keeping that in my back pocket. That's a great idea. Absolutely. And, and, and the guys, and, and the, the, those opportunities are out there uh, without you having to go out and get that $75,000 bond yourself. Um, but right. that's definitely something to, to, to put in your back pocket, like you say, and not give away your entrepreneurship because it's hard enough to develop these customers as it is. And and to just give them away to somebody else after you've done the hard work of developing them, it's uh, not necessarily the ideal situation. Right, and just like the brokers have in their contracts when you sign them, you know, you can't go back and solicit their customers, I guess, when you work out this deal with the broker. You can put that in your contract or your agreement with them that they won't necessarily solicit that customer for that late, for that lane that you're asking them to cover should there be something that happens hmm. right right and and, I, and i've seen contracts drawn up to that effect that, that uh that are lane specific well rico i appreciate it man you and chat uh thank you for the information i'm going to continue listening no thank problem you. John. we appreciate it thank you for the call all right uh chad look like we got another call coming in from st louis uh let's see we got danny Denny, how can we help you tonight? Good evening. <clears throat> I, in the last month, have had two load cancellations on me. One, we got confirmation. I'm uh, leased to a carrier. We got confirmation 9.30 Friday morning, and they didn't bother to call and cancel. They sent an email at 4.30 in the afternoon, Friday afternoon, saying that the load canceled. I was supposed to pick up on Saturday and that would be my load to run over the weekend. So I had to set all weekend because I couldn't find anything else that was half decent to carry over the weekend. Uh, the other one just happened yesterday, booked the load, and uh, they called back. They never did send paperwork on it. Finally, they called back, or we called and got a hold of them, and they said, well, the load canceled. Uh, I mean, the first one I was waiting for uh, to go pick up the next day on Saturday morning, this one uh, didn't pick up until tomorrow, but uh, it would take me from St. Louis to Wisconsin at $3.88 a mile, and I had another load lined up there going down to Georgia, which would put me in a good position. And uh, the first one, uh, you know, it was uh, about three dollars a mile. Seems like whenever I, I, we get, I feel where you're coming from. Um, as far as you should have something, um, the standard for a truck order is called a tunnel. Truck order not used is 150 bucks. Is the standard. But if this is happening to you on an ongoing, uh, if, it's, if it's occurring with more regularity. And another thing that, let me say this, we're talking about DAT. I think that one of the, the new services that DAT is offering, and I think that everybody kind of needs to make a commitment to it. I, miss, I, I meant to have posted this on the uh, Rate Per Mile Masters group, and I hadn't had time to sit down and write a post about it. But DAT offers uh, a review for brokers and carriers. Carriers can review brokers, and brokers can review car uh, 
you know, vice versa. And I think that if you go in and write a review on these brokers and disclose what's happening, I think that that will begin to um, clean up a little bit of the negotiating process when when guys are operating less than above board. Um, Because that gives you, Chad talked about this on a previous podcast, how he went in and looked at a, a broker's review, you know, look at the reviews on a broker and seen that they had a, a, a history of late payments or that they had uh, bad credit issues. Uh, well, Chad, he's online. He can explain it to you a lot better. Uh, but, but just saying about using that review process and make sure that before you book loads that you are looking at the, um, looking at the, that, that broker's reviews and everything, not just their credit rating and everything, but to see what, other carriers are saying about those brokers. I try to, uh, and I, I don't think that, and I want to say this part too. I think that we can't just use that as a carrot and stick approach. You know, can't just use it as a, a strictly a stick approach and not use the carrot part of the carrot and stick. I think that when you have a broker that does right by you and you do and, and does, uh, you know, did everything and said everything was truthful and everything was like it was supposed to have been. I think that we have a responsibility to catch people doing something right and and report about it. We hear too much negativity out there. I think that we have a responsibility to, you know, try and pay it forward and to go in and write some good reviews about brokers that are doing good things, the way that that things are supposed to be done. Um, and, And that also will help build those uh, relationships and rapport back with those brokers if they see that, you know, that you're actually out there giving them kudos and giving, showing them a little bit of love or whatever. But, you know, but the bad things that are out there, we have to, you know, they, they we are in the real world, and we have to expose those things. Uh, Chad, you want to talk a little bit about that review process that you experienced? Oh, yeah, that's. Yes, uh, that, that's a really good thing that uh, DET came out with uh, the rate re- uh, review. The review reviewed the person that uh, rate review. I know it's not rate. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's it's there on DET. It's uh, um, but it's a great service. You can also read the re- reviews of what other carriers have uh, uh, their experiences been. Like the one that I wrote about, or the one I read about, was a. Uh, um, a load that I was getting ready to do. It was, this this load was famous with the, this this broker. This is like I guess one of the one of the only loads he does, or uh, companies that he works with a lot. Anyway, they were po- another carrier posted that he had sat there for five hours, and and uh, the broker wasn't paying attention. And it was sounding like a really good broker, someone I've never done business with. I just wanted to briefly check them out, check their credit score. And when I read this, I said, "Hold on a second, we got a we got something here about this guy saying that." Uh, they waited there five hours, and y'all didn't get paid attention. They led me to ask the broker that. The broker was a really nice guy, a nice person to talk to. We, we negotiated a really good uh, deal on a low D head. And, but when I read – and we were getting ready to seal the deal. And when I asked him this, he said, uh, he said, oh, yeah, uh, we, don't, we, don't pay, we don't pay detention with this shit. The shit. He said the shipper doesn't pay detention, so he can't pass no detention on to the carrier. I said, well, uh, you know, that, that that's not going to work for me. He's like, he's like, usually they'll take them about three hours to get you loaded. And I'm like, yeah, well, uh, if, you know, I, well, you know I, I, I'm not going to work for free, Yeah, and I'm going to get paid detention. My deten- I'm the carrier. I set the detention rate. This is my detention rate. If you can't, if you can't pay it, then uh, 
not interested. But uh, yeah, it saved me, and uh, and I want more people. I want a lot more people. And us small carriers, we're the ones that's going to benefit from the most. More people to contribute, write something, you know, and whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, because it lets all of us know if we should continue to deal with the person. And like Rico said, writing something good about somebody, it comes back to you, and uh, you get, you know, you give and you you'll receive if if you do that. That's all I got. And that, okay, and that website for DAT is, is DAT Directory. DAT Directory, it shows you, uh, so you can go in there. If you got a DAT account, you can go to a DAT Directory and sign in under your normal login, and you can uh, see where there's availability to write a review, read reviews, research new business partners. These are all new features that they have under DAT Directory. And if you have a DAT account, uh, I believe the, the, the Directory is open and available for everyone. That has a DAT account. Yes. I'm sorry, Most, John. Even, even, even truckers that, uh, that I get copies of, they don't have anything from the broker showing detention. Once in a while, you're lucky and it does. But most of them don't. And is there some way that uh, I could talk to my carrier and say, hey, you need to do something or add something when you sign this thing to get uh, a notation made. If they don't use the truck, they're going to pay. If they have detention, they're going to pay. Okay, so I, I, I kind of totally glossed over that portion. I did remember you saying that you were leased on. Actually, the carrier probably, probably, more than likely, the carrier probably is getting a truck order not used. Whether or not they're pa- passing any of that on to you, um, I'm no, not sure. No, this time they didn't. I'm pretty square with my company I'm leased on to, and uh, the broker said, well, uh, they don't pay any truck not used. And I'm pretty sure well, that yeah, the your carrier needs to, your, Yeah, your carrier needs to start putting their foot down on that, especially now. There's no... There's no reason for that, and as tight as the capacity is, pretty much all over the country right now, that is, uh, you know, your carrier's gonna have to kind of get a backbone and and, and start uh, uh, making sure. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what what's in their contract. What they what they may or may not sign with that particular broker or whatever. But they they need to start. They they have to get a backbone. They have to uh, force these guys to do what's right. Um, there are terms I'm, I'm, when, when they're negotiating with before they take the load. Uh, that's the time before the rate confirmation and all that stuff gets signed around. That's the time to really address all of those issues as far as uh, truck order not used, detention, so on and so forth, uh, layover pay. Uh, sometimes it's it's when you're dealing with some people, you, you don't suspect that you're going to have those issues, or, but, you know, and, you, and it's kind of trying to get down and dirty with the negotiation part of it, and you, sometimes people just kind of skip those steps. But those are steps that, that need to be, uh, you know, need to be make sure that you get addressed before you sign any rate confirmation to agree any load, to agree to do any load. Well, the carrier, I mean, the broker sends out the confirmation sheet to be signed, and in that confirmation sheet, there's no mention of any of these things. Is there some way that uh, the carrier, which I hope to have mine in place starting first of next year, 
but right now I'm going through my carrier I'm leased to can uh, come back with a signature with these extra stipulations on it. You know, they may have talked about it, but it's not on the paper. Absolutely. You you write write it write those write those things in. Um, and and worst case scenario, uh, the stuff that you don't agree with, strike through it, initial it, and make sure that you get them to send you a signed copy back. At worst case scenario, um, I've had different differing opinions on how uh, how how much that may stand up, but having something showing that there was not total congruence in the contract that um, that there were some issues if you have to go to court or whatever I think having something would probably be probably be definitely be better than not having anything at all um, but you you can also create um, create your own rate confirmation create your own rate confirmation and send over and 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 get the broker to sign it and, and fax it back to you just because they send over one what prevents you from having your own um, and, and make sure that you have your things uh, stipulated in there. If, if you once you get your authority, and uh, if I may have even posted it on Rate Per Mile Masters, I posted a a, 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 a small two-page rule circular um, in the file section. Uh, you can go in there on the file section on on the Facebook page and, and pull it up, and it addresses all of those issues as far as tension layover, uh, 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 claims, all of that type of stuff is in that contract. And it's small. It's a small uh, one, two-page contract that you can that you can uh, make your own, basically put your own information in there and, and use that as well. Have them, you know, you fill out your information, sign it, and send it over to them and have them sign it back and, and have it as an addendum to the rate confirmation. Okay. As a one-truck uh owner operator or carrier and somebody doesn't pay up on truck not used or detention you mentioned going to court does that have to be done in the state that you're in or the state they're in or the state the shipper's in are you familiar depends on your with any master, of that? depends on your master contract a lot of the master contracts have what they call homer provisions in them that homer provision says that if any if any legal litigation is going to be conducted, it's going to be conducted on their home turf. So it's where wherever their their home turf is. But I mean, for for a uh, as far as legal lies, you know, going to court, I don't think you're going to waste time over a hundred and fifty dollar truck order not use fee um, to to do something like that. I think that you know when it comes down to something like that, those are things that you got to kind of have to take mental notes on. Like I said, uh, utilize all tools in, in your uh, in your war chest as far as, I mean, the only thing that basically you may be able to do is go to any association that you may have and tell them about it and also go back to the DAT directory if you have access to that and just kind of spread the news far and wide as far as what this, what those particular, uh, what's your, been your experience with that particular broker. And once enough people start uh, compiling that information about one particular company or whatever, then it, it, it kind of, you know, once they kind of get that scarlet letter going about them, then, then maybe that'll be what it takes to kind of straighten them up and get a, getting them to fly right. Until then, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, unfortunately, 
it's we, we kind of at the mercy of how business has always been conducted in this uh, in this industry, and we're on a mission and um, to try to change a lot of the shoddy business practices that have been going on over the past few years. I want to add something. Uh, I want to add something here real quick. Uh, you, you, you told. I think we've talked before, and you, and you told me that you're trying to, uh, uh, you're trying to educate your dispatcher about a lot of this. Am I correct about that? Yes. Okay. All right. And let me t- just give your, you know, talking about, you know, going to court and stuff like this. It's good that you're thinking about this and doing the and doing a contract yourself to make them sign. That's all really good things, good stuff to be thinking about. But, uh, I, you know, I'm looking back and I'm trying to think about when have I ever uh, not been paid for a truck order not used, and. The only time, the only time that that's, uh, and I, I can't think of any. I can't think of any time that it's ever happened. I've been once they get once uh, for everyone that's given me a rate sheet. I've I've been I've been given truck order not used. Now there's been times where I did not receive the rate sheet. Uh, and I can only think of two times, and and uh, that this has happened. And th- those are two brokers that I no longer I use them, but they have to pay a lot of money for my service because I'm I'm scared about mess, doing anything at all with them. But anyway, there's been two times I did not receive the rate sheet immediately, and, and 30 minutes passes by, and I'm calling. I'm like, "Where's the rate sheet? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. You know that that type of excuses. But ever load that I've received a rate sheet on, uh, I, and, and if the load got canceled, and it happens, I've always received a truck order not used. And the detention part, within the past year, um, I, maybe I didn't get paid as, as on every single time I've asked for detention, I didn't get paid. As much as I wanted, but I came to an agreement with the broker on a, on a set amount of of detention that I that I, that I wanted to get. And I, I've gotten paid for detention on all that stuff uh, for the past year. And there's been times where I didn't. But anyway, those are things that you you told me before about this dispatcher. Um, these tr- and the, these truck order not used stuff is that if you get a rate sheet, that dispatcher should be able to get you truck order not used. Rico's talking about having a backbone. Uh, that's what that's the, uh, the brokers. They're not going to volunteer to pay this. I mean, some will, some won't. It's something you got to ask for, and then you got to turn around and ask them again. And you might have to ask them two or three times while you're going down the road. You're not doing anything anyway while you're driving. Why not call the broker up and say it's been five minutes? I still haven't got the rate sheet with the truck order not used. Five minutes later, do it again. You'll get that 150 truck order not used. It might have taken you three hours to get it, but you'll eventually get it. Like I said, I've been paid on all my truck order not used, and it hasn't been a whole lot, but. I can't. I can't think of one that I, had, that I did not get paid on. That's all I wanted to add to that. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna move on, man. If we, Chad, we've blown through the first hour with 15 minutes in the overtime, so we're gonna jump on. We're gonna move on, and, and uh, we got. Uh, let's see here. We have Bruce calling in from Springfield, Ohio. Bruce, how are you? Good evening, Rico. How you doing? I'm fine. Good evening, Chad. Hey, there. Good evening. How you doing tonight? Outstanding. Hey, uh, Rico, you were better. talking earlier. You were talking earlier to another guy by the name of Bruce, and I was between getting put on hold with my com check and and calling in to the lumber service and whatnot. I didn't hear all this conversation, but you know, you were talking about going after and getting direct customers, and right. Most of us that use the load boards to get our loads are using what are spot market rates. Exactly. And 
and yet guys that go in and want contract rates for like one load a week for a year, don't those rates tend to be somewhat under spot market rates because of uh, uh, well, yeah, Bruce, and we talked last week we had uh we kind of covered a little bit of this with Chuck Snow and a, and a lot of okay. uh people are not doing the one year contract rates they're they're more along the lines of three months, six months at the very most as far as those okay. rates because because things are fluctuating so quickly and it and it does take some time between the difference between the contract rate and the spot market because sometimes the spot market rate will will catch up to and even surpass the contract rates where, where normally uh in, in previous times the contract rate has always been higher than the spot market rate okay. um but but you know chasing some of the trends and I think that's the value that if you take the free newsletters and say if you don't want to subscribe to any of the other services that DAT offers you don't you just I don't want to pay for anything I just want free information well I think that if you sign up for the free uh trend line newsletter that comes out every Wednesday and if you start filing those trend line newsletters as they come out and build your own kind of database over over a one year period then I think that kind of gives you a little bit of a uh, way to benchmark certain rates in certain areas. It may not be the most accurate or whatever, but it get, but it kind of gets you in the uh kind of gets you in the stratosphere, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and I think it, I think it gives you a way to kind of have a, a little bit of a database to go back and kinda, so you can kind of see what the trend has been over the past if you if you do that over a year, say if you have that built up over a year, you can look look back and see last year this is what the rates were doing, and this year so far, my experience on the rates has been this, then it kind of gives you uh, a really good way to have empirical data versus using just anecdotal information. Okay. Well, that's what I, I've been doing that. I just I was just thinking, you know, when you were commenting to the other Bruce that, you know, sometimes I've, I mean, I know of a carrier who hauls a lot of meat to the West Coast from central Kansas. And they have a contract then to bring produce back for one of the large grocery store chains. And what they've done is for the months of May through September, any load that has California either as the destination or the origin, they raise the rate like 30 cents a mile so that the shipper knows they're going to have a supply of trucks, and the trucking company isn't chasing produce at the high rates because they're getting somewhere between the market rate and their contract rate. And so they are, you know, it's kind of a win-win for both. You know, they have a good rate in the off-season, and they get a better rate during the summer, and the shipper gets a, a fair rate during the winter, and they don't have to be playing the market during the summer trying to cover their loads of produce. Right. And I, and I think that that's an excellent way to go out. And, and if you're going to service those type markets, I think that's an excellent way to be able to uh, position your services, you know, yeah. but you have to have, and, and, but in order to make that determination, 
you got to have that, you know, you got to have that empirical data. You got to have that data to go in and be able to show your job is to educate your customer. And you can't right. educate your customer just going in there and shooting from the hip and telling them, well, this is doing that. But you, sometimes you have to, you know, we talk a, a lot about, on this, especially on this podcast, we talk at, at length about building credibility files. You know, how is your credibility seen in the eye of your how, – how does your customer see your credibility? You know, how does he see you? And, you know, it's it says something about you if you go in and you, go, you come in – uh, nice, presentable, and you come in with information backing up what it is you're saying. You're not just coming in there just uh, talking rate trash to them. You're coming in there with actual data, with actual facts. You come in there, you can you 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 got a portfolio that you've built, and and you can leave that with your customer. It's not something that you want to take back with you. No, I want I want to leave this with you. I want you to take this and delve into it so that you can verify what it is that I'm telling you is is of the gospel. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not right. hard. In these days and times, it's, it's really not that difficult for someone that knows where to go and where to look to get up to speed really quick on the rates and, and, and the capacity issues and everything that are going on. And, and furthermore, they also can appreciate if you come in there with that type of information because if they've been shipping, and they know what it is. Sure. And, 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 and if they know what it is, and they see that you know what it is, and then you know what I'm saying. It's kind of a, you know, they know that they can't. They they also are not going to be able to just pull the wool over your eyes as well, and and that they see that you are, you are prepared and that you truly are a professional and someone that is that that needs to be, uh, you know, taken seriously at the negotiating table. Right. But I, but I think that um, you know, just saying that, you know, I think that that. Doing the hard work on that part and coming in there and making sure that, that, you know, that we are prepared when we come to address our customers and stuff like that, I think that that will go a long way. And I just – I really want everyone to come out of – you know, it's difficult, and I understand it because I, I struggle with it myself. I'm not just trying to tell you guys to do stuff that I'm not trying to do myself. Um, and and it, and it it does get difficult. It, you know, it, it's it's difficult direct. You know, uh, going out and talking to direct customers and stuff. And sometimes it gets to be a little bit intimidating because, you know, you may be saying, "I'm just this one truck operation. What can I?" You know, but you you got to conquer the fear that you have, and just, you know, you got to go out there and do something to separate yourself. And you know, at the end of the day, if it's not going to kill you, it's just going to make you stronger. Suck it up. Yeah. Do what you got to do, and get it. You know, go go get your hands dirty, man. What it be is uh, there's one of the guys I think it's on the, and I was ranked for Mile Masters, but one of the groups, a guy named George is it George Hack from New York. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. George, George is uh, tremendous at at that. Yeah, I mean that was his first business. Where he he was a sales rep for some company for quite a while and I would like to at some point maybe hear a half hour or, or a couple different, you know, ways he's he's mastered that art because it seems like following him on Facebook, he's always in the right place at the right time to get the next good customer. George, uh, he did, uh, George came on with us, and, and I need to pr- probably reach back out to George and, and have him back on the podcast again. Uh, George 
did a podcast with us, uh, one one of uh, one of the very first ones, I think. And uh, he shared a lot of information on there. But the main thing that George, uh, you know, to to, to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version is back to the main thing that we uh, harp on is relationships. A lot yeah. of George's lows comes from relationships that he's built over uh, his career as a salesperson, as an LTL salesperson, the people that he knows. And the main thing that George will tell you, and, and, and George is very approachable and, and uh, you know, one heck of a guy, he'll, he'll, you know, share information with you. But the main thing that he'll tell you is, you know, you got to get out there and, and, and meet people. You got to meet people. You got to you got to go knock on doors. Nothing beats, you know, just that toe to toe, belly button to belly button interaction with your customer. Finding out what it is, that, finding out what it is that they need, um, and being able to to, to uh, do what other people don't want to do. That's really what George is. You know, that, that that's really his stick. He, he he's willing to do things that nobody else is willing to do. And 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 for and because he's willing to do that, he charges and and receives a premium for it, which is yeah. a, a, one heck of a business model. Yeah, I don't even think George uses a, uses a load board. Very seldom. Uh, I think maybe George maybe I think George has been in business maybe three years or something like that on his own authority, and I think he's maybe only pulled three or four brokered loads. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's at, we, we've talked about the load board. I've talked to him about the load board, and uh, I'm just just amazed that he uh, that he doesn't pull pull up the load board and see where the loads are or post his stuff. And, and he makes great money doing what he does, and it's all it's all direct shipper stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. George is George is a uh, one heck of a guy. We're, we're, I'm uh, gonna reach back out to George and see if we can't schedule him and, and get George back on the podcast. Uh, maybe coming up soon and, and maybe delve into some some more things about getting these direct customers and stuff like that. Um, so, Bruce, uh, what, what, what do you got going on today? I, I know we talked a little earlier as well. Uh, you headed back out to Arizona? No, I'm. Uh... Actually, I unloaded in Springfield, Ohio. I picked up a two-dropper from Kansas City to Shepherdsville, Kentucky, and then finished in Springfield, Ohio. And now I'm driving 20 miles down into Dayton, going to pick up a load going to Indianapolis, a 100-mile load for $800. So deliver that. Load it tomorrow, deliver it Friday, and then, I don't know, probably try to find a load going west for the weekend then. You say you're going to, you're going to Dayton, Ohio? I'm, yeah, I'm going to load in Dayton, in a suburb of Dayton. I'm just 20, 30 minutes from where I unloaded over there. So. Okay. Well, it looks like uh, Arizona's starting to pick up. Well, it's been fairly good the last – ever since Christmas, I've been, you know, doing fairly decent pulling out of Nogales. And, you know, the, the rates fluctuate a couple hundred dollars from one week to the next, but – by and large, it's been pretty, pretty decent. It's, it's getting freight going west. That's always been the Achilles' heel for me. And I had a, the same load I'd been hauling for two thousand dollars. Another broker called me and offered me twenty six hundred on it, so I took it. But that's all. That's been a month ago, and he hasn't gotten any more loads from this same shipper. So 
I talked to him the other day, and he said, well, I think the other carrier that has lower rates is sewing them all up now because they want to get their trucks back out west. So he said, I'm not getting very many of them right now, but hopefully when things slow down, I'll be able to get back in with him and maybe try to get a little better rates on westbound freight. Okay, well, where you where you sitting at tomorrow, or up in Dayton area? The, the market is not too bad. It's not not really that shabby up there. I'm showing a five to one load to truck ratio coming out of that uh, Columbus market up there. Yeah, like I say, I got eight hundred dollars for a hundred mile load, and it's fifteen thousand pounds. So, you know, maybe that maybe I could have got a thousand, but I figured I figured up my my miles so far for this month, and my total revenue when I deliver. Friday morning, I'll have $20,000 revenue on just over 8,000 miles of driving, which is 230, 240 a mile, somewhere in there, for, you know, running out to Arizona and back where there tends to be a lot of deadhead on some of the loads from, like, Phoenix to Nogales. It's 185 miles down there to pick up the next load. Okay, okay. But I don't know. I'm pretty happy with that. I maybe I'm. I know Chad's doing better, but he's running, you know, different freight lanes than what I am too, though. Uh, I, I think I think your rates are great. Yeah, I, I'm real. real I, I like your rates a lot. Well, I picked up one on Saturday last last week. I was down in Las Cruces, uh, New Mexico, and broker called me, posted my truck the night before, and I just barely woke up, and he was. Brokers were calling, wanting to sew my truck up, and this guy had a load of car parts from El Paso to Kansas City, Missouri, and it was eight pallets with a grand total weight of 1,500 pounds, of which 1,100 of it was pallet weight. They were in, it was plastic, it was aluminum tubes for air conditioners that were going to Ford Motor Company, and. He offered it to me at at twenty five hundred. I said, "No, I'm not interested." And he says, "Would you do twenty eight? And I said, "No." He goes, "Well, what would it take?" And I just shot a number thirty five hundred. He goes, "Well, all I can pay is thirty three hundred." And I said, "Well, I guess that's all you can pay, but you're not getting my truck." And he goes, "With thirty five hundred, sew it up." I said, "Yeah, that's what I told you." And he goes, "All right, put me down for thirty five hundred." So. You know, it was obviously a shipment that had to get out over the weekend. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good rate, bad rate, or what, but it was one of them loads where I made seven and a half miles a gallon on a truck that only makes six and a half. So it, you know, it was nice, nice once to have a light load that wasn't, you know, didn't just burn a lot of fuel getting it from point A to point B. Yes, sir. Right place, right time is always, always a good thing. But you know, I. Uh, what, Chad? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, but you, you uh, sticking to your rate, too. That's uh, that's good stuff. I like that. Yeah. Well, I've I've noticed here this week, the minute I post my truck, I'm getting numerous phone calls from brokers wanting to know if my truck is still available. I mean, there must be a, a shortage of trucks in certain markets because other times you post your truck, and if it's a dead market, you can wait all day for the phone to ring. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, looking absolutely. at the market. I'm I'm looking at the market map as we speak, Bruce, and and it's uh, 
you know, the, the United States, as far as reefers are concerned, it's still fairly, the entire United States is still fairly dark blue, which dark blue is an indicator of of uh, how how good the capacity is. Well, as far as the, the load density, rather, not necessarily the capacity. But it's showing that there's a lot of uh, a lot of loads available as far as flatbeds. And even even uh, dry vans and reefers, it's, it, everything is in the darker colors. It's not, the map is not that light. So, uh, yeah. which is a good thing, good thing for us. But the, the number one thing, like we talk about all the time, as far as being in uh, the rates, especially on the spot market, is knowing, knowing what the market is where you are. Um, yeah. Once you know, once you know the availability and the demand in that market, you got to be able to stick to your guns and hold out for that higher rate. And I think that you, you know, you just gave everyone that's listening an excellent example of knowing. Uh, what the demand is in a particular area, being able to hold out to get that get that rate that you want. Well, see, the reason I will ask for that rate in, in El Paso is because I had a, a produce broker tell me the day before that Friday and Saturday he was getting $4 a mile for onions and watermelons coming out of New Mexico going to points all around the country. And I had that in the back of my mind, and when this guy said 1,500 pounds and you know, and it's a non-refrigerated load, and it it was light and everything. I thought, well, you know, for that kind of if, if he'll take that kind of money, I'll definitely you know haul it for that. And I had called that broker earlier in the morning to see if he had anything going on, and he hadn't gotten his orders yet. So I thought, well, you know, I've been I've been burned like that too. So I decided a burden a burden of hand is better than two sitting in a bush. And you I took got the, that right. Took the load that was the sure thing, you know. Right, right. All right, well, Bruce, uh, we're going to get ready to move on. We got uh, another caller calling in right now from Atlanta. We're going we're gonna to jump over there. Anything else you're going to add tonight or anything else you got? Well, I'm just going to say I'm having to run hard because two weeks from this Saturday, my daughter's getting married, and so i gotta, I got to have all the money I can stored up to pay for that wedding. So there's a reason why I, I'm liking these better rates this time of year because it's, it's making that wedding not look quite so, you know, onerous for me. Well, Bruce, congratulations, man. Uh, yep. Congratulations to you and your daughter and your wife. Uh, man, go go out there and cut a rug for us at the reception. <laughs> well, I'll send you pictures. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds good, buddy. Be safe out there. All right. Well, take care, guys. All right, uh, Chad, we got uh, maybe one of our last callers for the night Oh. Uh, let's see here. We got Brandon calling in from Atlanta. He wants to talk about direct shipping. Hey, Brandon, how can we help? How you doing, uh, Rico? I talked to you a couple times on uh, Facebook, and I uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about dealing with direct broke or direct freight. Um, my wife and I are doing the guess running our company, and uh, you know, just one one truck, one trailer right now, and. Uh, just trying to figure out how we can get in, I guess, in with more more direct companies. Like, we have one. We've only been doing this since February, but we've got one customer uh, called a load out of uh, out of Fort Valley up to, um, up to Louisville. I'm actually doing the second leg of that, going to New York right now, going to John. Sorry, that's funny. Johnsville, New York. So I'm actually curious about the rates out of there also. Ask me, I guess, 
but uh, just trying to figure out how we can expand, I guess, into, into getting into more contracts. Uh, well, what you want to do as far as direct freight, you definitely want to try to target potential shippers, you know, eliminate the uh, prospects from the suspects. So you want to, you know, look at shippers that are, you don't want to look at the mega shippers because you're not going to be big enough to service them. They're not even going to probably entertain uh, your solicitations. You want to look at smaller, uh, maybe more boutique type shippers uh, that don't have, that, that the big guys are kind of, uh, you know, they may ship some of that stuff, but they're not high on their priority list. See, the big guys, want, they, they, they want the volume versus the one, that, you know, the one customer that may only ship twice a week or something like that. Whereas yeah. if you have your dumbbell set up, if you got a customer that only ships twice a week, that may be your, an, an ideal customer for you because you may be only be able to handle them twice a week, you know, if you're going somewhere and coming right back. So you want to try to seek out those particular type shippers. Uh, you know, those are the guys that you definitely want to try to seek out first. And like I was just saying, you know, you want to go in there and, and put your best foot forward. Talk about your safety record. You know, you want to talk about your safety record. You want to talk about anything that's good. You want to build yourself up. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't necessarily want to go in there and talk about yourself to your to the to your potential customer, you, you know that's why I'm saying have your credibility package. That's something that you may want to leave the information about yourself. But while you are talking to your customer, you you really don't want to talk about yourself at all. You want to find out as much information as you can about your customer. What is it that they're having problems with? What is it that they? Where is the issues that they are having with anybody else? Because what you want to do is you basically want to come in and be a problem solver. And, and if yeah. you can come in and, and, and be a problem solver to your potential customers, then you're a god to them. And I think that's where we are with one customer that we have right now. They they have longer runs for their produce that's coming out of Fort Valley right now, but there's a lot of people that don't want to do it. They want to do the short run that they can come back the next day. It's like, if I could figure out how to be back down there, like, uh, like if I could have been back down there tomorrow after I dropped day, that would have been great because he would have given me another run going right back up there, 569 miles for $2,200. I think that's good money to me. Maybe it's full off, but, you know, that's, that's right around $3 a mile. And, you know, like, we're taking a load to Johnstown, New York now, and I have no clue if I'm going to be able to get anything out of there, but it's another load that's paying good money. Uh, I'm going $2,800 on a uh, um, 779 miles, I believe it was. Uh, the rates, the rates are bad. It's just what's going to be next. <laughs> I'd like a little more predictability in my, in my, uh, I don't know, my life. I guess I'm not quite a go anywhere type of guy yet. Well, yeah, like I said, you, you, uh, that's the other beautiful thing about you know having your own authority too. You know, you are the master of your own destiny. Um, uh-huh. and you, you can determine, you know, um, if you want to go somewhere and come directly back, it kind of helps build it. And, and, and that's what, that's the other thing that you can, um, you know, promote to your potential customer as far as, uh, the availability, like I was saying, if they're only shipping two or three loads a week, you know what I'm saying? You can kind of yeah. coordinate, you guys can work together 
and coordinate with those shipments. And then once you once you say, like for instance, you tell your customer if you if you're going to address what their problem is. So if they so if you allow their so so if you allow your customer to uh, build your uh, uh, dumbbell out for you know we'll use that scenario. So if your customer is out of based out of Atlanta and it's going to Dallas, then you want to start if that's where the low if that's where the lane running to back and forth between Atlanta and Dallas. Then okay, you already got one customer established in Atlanta. Now while you're in Dallas, you know start working on uh, a customer over there in Dallas that that fits that same kind of criteria to get you back to Atlanta to kind of give you that, uh, you know, to try and give you that reliability. And and the other thing to start with is start with the two people that you're already dealing with. Start with your direct shipper. Does your direct shipper that you now have in Atlanta, do they have any uh, inbound freight that's coming out of the Dallas market back to them? Start with that first. And if they don't, then what about, the person that you're delivering to in Dallas, if that person that you're delivering to in Dallas, do, do they have uh, exploit that contact? Do they have anything that's coming back to Atlanta? And, you know, and, and just begin working that and, and, you know, putting bugs in people's ears. And and, and if they don't, if, if those two particular ones don't, then they are in the shipping community. So they may know other people. You can get recommendations. Well, do you know of anybody? You know, you know, take it, take it to a next, to, to the next logical conclusion. Do you know of anybody in the, in, in, you know, in this area that that has stuff that's going back to Atlanta or whatever that I might be able to talk to, you know, and get a recommendation. You know, um, you know, ask them. You know, do you mind if you, if you don't mind? You know, uh, are you satisfied with the service that I've been delivering to you? Uh, you know, and if, and if you get a, a an answer to the affirmative, maybe see if they'll write a. a you know, write a glowing review for you or whatever, something that you can have that you can add to your credibility kit again, something that you can take back and, you know, and, and put another feather in your cap so that you can go back and, and, and promote yourself with. When you, And it also serves as something else that you can go when you're talking to your next potential customer. These are what my customers are already saying about me. And then if you did have a... Uh information on uh, availability up in uh, John. I'm sorry, you, you broke up on me a little bit. Where, where, are, you, where are you looking for? What's the, what's the capacity, I guess, or availability in the Johnstown, uh, New York area? John's, did you say Johnstown, New York? Johnstown. Johnstown, New York. All right, give me a second. Let me click Where are you looking to go? Oh, are, are you there? I've lost it. Uh, yeah, it looks like Brandon dropped. All right, Brandon, I pulled up uh, Johnstown, New York. Let's see here. And I don't know what type of equipment that you had. I don't know if you had a drive-in or a... Um, Reefer, but for dry vans, I'm showing a two to one ratio, not that good for dry van. Flatbeds are showing an eight point seven load to truck ratio, and in reefers, I'm showing a three point six load to truck ratio. Um, 
none of those are really nothing to really get excited about other than the uh, flatbed segment. So it's going to be a little tight on any of the other segments out of that area in particular as far as the load to truck ratios are concerned as far as the information that I'm showing. Well, Chad, uh, looks like we uh, wrapped up. We about wrapped up another one. Yeah, all right. Well, I was gonna just gonna shoot at. I was gonna say also uh, uh, for um, quoting loads up to the northeast. You know, a lot of those states are uh, are are doesn't never perform well as far as getting freight out of when it comes to driving. Uh, but uh, uh, what I do, a tool that I use, or something I try to do, is I run the miles wherever it's going to. So you said Johnstown, New York, uh, maybe Virginia. It starts getting good maybe around Richmond, Virginia. If you run the miles from where it's delivering to and your miles to Richmond, Virginia, um, you can throw that in there. At least you know that if you uh, did head it all the way to Richmond, Virginia, rates would start getting better. Just a small hint there on that. Cool beans. Well, Chad, you got any closing remarks? Uh, no, I enjoyed the podcast tonight. And it, um, it always seems to go fast, and I know we stayed on here a little bit longer than we normally do. Uh, um yeah, uh, go to the Facebook group page and uh, Rape for Mile Masters, and uh, we, we've, uh, there's a lot of communication going on there. If you if you if you are listening to the podcast and you uh, got some more questions that you didn't get to, get to answer on the podcast, you can go there, ask a question, and you'll get a ton of, of response there from brokers and other carriers um, on whatever question you have. That's, that'd be it. All I have for this podcast. All right, cool beans. Well. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Rico Muhammad filling in for uh, – actually, this is the Rate and Lanes podcast. We are covering – usually we cover down on Wednesday nights for Kevin Rutherford, and we deal strictly with rates and lanes here on this particular podcast. I think Kevin is going to be having a uh, bonus hour tomorrow night. I'm not 100% sure of that yet. Uh, but if you want to, more information about Kevin Rutherford's uh, show coming up tomorrow – Start following him on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Rutherford is now on Twitter. I think it's Kevin on XM uh, on Twitter. I'll have to double-check that. But uh, once we wrap this one up tonight, we'll be posting links up on my page. Also, we'll be posting links up on the Rate Per Mile Masters uh, Facebook page. And so with that said, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate all your participation tonight. Future guests for the podcast, we're still working on trying to catch up with uh, attorney uh, Henry Seaton for a future podcast. We want to try to make that a, another regular occurrence. And that's pretty much about all I have for the night. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rico Muhammad once again signing off live from Atlanta, Georgia, r- reminding you to be safe, be profitable, and do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.